0: This week, Father Paul discusses the significance of the rainbow as a heavenly sign beyond the control of human beings. This bow, or arch, in the heavens he explains indicates the distinction between the Abrahamic and Noahic covenants in the Bible. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays.
1: Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him. Notice the inclusion of the sons systematically. Behold, I establish my covenant with you. And the word establish here is the hif'il of qam. At one point we had a podcast about to raise, to rise and raise. It's very important to keep in mind that the word "establish" here, its original in Hebrew, is to raise something, to make it standing, to make it functional, to make it so. And that is the verb that is used with covenant here. I shall do this with you and with your seed after you. Notice that God here is talking not only to Noah but to Noah and his sons. So this covenant is really universal in a way that not even circumcision is universal because you have to be circumcised. You need a tangible sign. At the end I shall point out to my hearers that the sign of this covenant is something that is not controlled by the human being. Okay, it's the rainbow, an arc in the heavens. And that is a very important difference between the covenant, the Nowaki covenant and the Abrahamic covenant. And we all know how this becomes important in the dealings with the Gentiles in the book of Acts. So, very important to keep this in mind. We have always to begin with the Old Testament, with the original. This is the covenant with you and also with your seed and notice the your here is the plural Zara'akim. Okay. The your here is Noah and his sons. And as usual with all living creatures, the birds, the cattle, every beast, and so on, as many as came out of the ark. So the author is very cunning. That is, the covenant is made not with all the animals, but the animals that came from the ark. And these will become all the animals. So, this nuance is very important so that we understand that there is a connection between Genesis 9 and 1, but they are not the same thing. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off, Yikaret. This is a verb that we're going to hear later when God promises
0: that the seed of a king will continue like to David he says that there will no
1: descendant of you be cut off. In other words, you always have a seed that will continue. Okay, but here the promise is made in conjunction with the flood that it will not be cut off by the waters of a flood. Now, this again is important. I discussed it in three of my books, but it's interesting to mention it now, that the flood is Mabul, which is from Erud Balal, which is wet. Now, this becomes important because when later we hear that God will destroy the tower or the plan of the human being to build a tower by wetting the clay i explain in my books that he plays the game against you i shall not send a flood in a bull but this does not mean that i'm not going to use the water in a different way it's fantastic it's really more exciting than Classic literature and even Hollywood movies,
0: but again, you have to hear it in the original. So there will be never again a
1: flood in mabul. but please keep in mind this root. We'll pick it up in chapter eleven. And God said, "This is the sign." Sign in Hebrew, remember, it's ot. Ot does not necessarily mean a miracle. It's something that I posit as a sign. I could say to you when the sun rises that will be a sign decided for by me. It's not a miracle. But I could say that the sign is when this miracle appears. And we have two words for that which are used in the New Testament. But let's remember, Oath is something you assign a sign, you make it the sign. And it's understandable. Let's take the covenant of circumcision. Circumcision was used, but it was made a sign in Genesis 18. Here the rainbow is the rainbow, but it is in chapter nine that it is made as a sign between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. And this sign is the bow which is in the cloud.
0: Very interesting because this bow, the same word for the rainbow,
1: is also the word for the bow with which you shoot arrows. And that will become a powerful play in Ezekiel. Let me read you the end of chapter 1 of Ezekiel, where God appears in his supreme majesty. Like no other chapter emulates Ezekiel 1 except Genesis 1. We hear like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain. So was the appearance of brightness round about. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard the verse of one speaking. The glory, again, when you hear Isaiah chapter 2, glory is God's terror. It's his power. It's his Paraphernalia, when he sits on his throne as in Psalm 93, he is robed in his ga'ut,
0: in his majesty, in his totality. And when you connect this with Ezekiel, you realize that the bow
1: is a sign, a sign by God. That's why ultimately he controls it. So to the ear, to the ear I'm saying, I'm not saying that the bow with which you shoot arrows and the rainbow are the same thing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that to the ear in the original, you don't have a bow and a rainbow. You have bow in both cases. Okay, when I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, notice the bow, the clouds, so that's why I brought Ezekiel into the picture, I will remember my covenant. Okay, remember at the beginning of the previous chapter, God remembered. Okay, he remembered. So you notice that the main, I hate to use the word hero, I prefer the word agent. Is God ultimately? I shall remember. And again, the sign is repeated another time and a third
0: time, which is very important for the year once more. So, it is this covenant that I have established between me and all flesh.
1: Hear it in the original Basar. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark are Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of
0: Canaan. Okay, and here we have an interesting story where Noah starts going on the wrong path, if I may put it this way. In verse 19, we hear that. The earth was peopled by the sons of Noah. But the tricky
1: thing here is that that verb, which is nafats, is used intransitively with the earth. You see, in English, you're forced to say was peopled in the passive, but this is not so in the original and is intentional, and I discuss it in my book, and I'll get back to that when we shall hit chapter 11, where we have
0: another form of that verb, which is futz, which is to be dispersed as a punishment by God. To spread,
1: as we shall see, is farad, is another verb. But Futs is to disperse its negative. And here already the author is planting the seed. Now you don't realize the importance or the function of nafsa kol haaretz. But when you hear Foots you will realize what the author is doing. Especially, and I'll point this out later, where The sound in the Hebrew is very close. Here we have nafasa kol haaretz, and there we shall hear nafosu, nafosu, nafasa, nafosu, nafasa. It's the same sound. To explain this, I'll do it later. That in the Hebrew we have weak consonants and so on, and sometimes two verbs that are not really the same, but in certain forms they sound the same. So, definitely this is intentional here. And most of the translations have trouble. They have to use the passive, whereas in the original we have the active. It is as though the original would say, and the earth was dispersed. That's how it sounds. And then, Noah was the first tiller of the soil. Here, the translation is very difficult all over the place. The only correct, if you like, closest translation, as I mention in my book, is the Jerusalem Bible. Why am I saying this? Because the original
0: Hebrew sounds Noah began to be the tiller
1: of the ground. So we don't have first, we have that bad verb when it is used not of God. Remember earlier I spoke about the verb halal and I mentioned that if it is used in the passive, let me refer to that text And men started calling about God. And I said that this started is the passive of that verb. Because halal means to have the power over. Okay. Hail in Hebrew and in Arabic is the power. So here, when you hear it in the English, Noah was the first tiller of the soil. I mean, what's wrong with that? What's wrong is that we have precisely, he started something. He was the originator and he did plant a vineyard. Again, that was not good because vineyard means you are settling in a place. Let's hear it in the Hebrew. It's the
0: active of that verb. Noah Ish ha'adama. Ish ha'adama is very interesting because ish means the husband of the
1: ground. It's an interesting combination because technically one would expect that he was the Adam of the Adama, but it doesn't work in the original because Adam is already taken by his forefather. So he is presented as the Isha Adama, and the second function that he becomes the husband, notice the English husbandman, but he started. Something that is
0: negative in the Bible. He left shepherdism for the sake of
1: settling, which means at this point, although Noah was the good guy because of whom God decided to save the world, now he starts going in the Wrong direction. And the text is very cunning because soon the wine will make Noah reintroduce the curse, whereas God has sworn that he will not curse the earth anymore. It's a very interesting story, and that is its function. And notice how we have a jump from harm to Canaan, his son, because Canaan is the earth of the promise and the people will commit disobedience and it will be cursed later.
0: What happens here is that he got drunk and he slept naked. And then
1: Ham saw his nakedness, which later you will see is not allowed but anyone living in the Middle East would understand immediately. You may not look at the nakedness of your parents, not the nakedness of other people. Why? Because the nakedness would show you the origin of your life. Okay, the genitals of your parents. And that is not allowed. Now, how? You too are going to explain it to the people in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Please do not call upon me. Okay, I can't help you there. What's the big deal? Well, I try to explain throughout my books the big deal. That you and your parents are not equal. Your father and your mother can see your nakedness at any time of the day or the night. But you may not look at their nakedness it is very disrespectful and we see how the two other brothers take care of that and that's why we end up with the curse upon Canaan first he said cursed be Canaan the slave of slaves shall be to his brothers and then we have the blessing blessed by the Lord my God Hashem. Shem is very important, we'll see later in chapter 11, and let Canaan be his slave. The
0: Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.